0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this message. What they would do is they'd train the Airborne, not only the 101st, but the 82nd. They would drop them behind enemy lines so that they would disrupt the, uh, the enemy, and uh, You know what? We are airborne. Mm. We're supposed to be surrounded. Mm. Uh, I knew that would really turn you on. (laughs) You're supposed to be surrounded. You're supposed to be surrounded by the enemy. But the reality is, is that you're surrounded by the Father. So greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Um, there was that other song that they sang about hope. Uh, I wrote, I had written out this message uh, several weeks ago, and it was called "Get Your Hope Up." And the song we sang today is "Get Your Hope Up." So uh, it it was amazing because uh, when I, uh, you know, I've started. The, I I made this message for one week. And I don't know how long we've gone. But the other day, I think it was a week or two ago, um, I was on 700 Club. I was on the internet watching 700 Club. And um, Max Locato was on. I don't generally read Max Locato, Not that I don't like him. It's just there's so so many things you can read and so little time. But uh, he was talking about hope. His last book was on hope. And one of the things he said was, since I think it was since 1994, suicides have risen 24 percent. Wow! And he said, any other thing we'd call that an epidemic. Mm. And so uh, another thing he he said was, and and I tend to agree with it, is he, is he said, the um, I'm laughing because I'm I was looking for my phone. Oh, Raymond brought it up. Oh, thank you, Raymond. <laughs> I was sitting on it. Anyway, no. But anyway, what was I talking about? The other thing he said about it. Oh, yeah. The other thing he said was that I tend to agree with is that the reason people are so hopeless is because of the worldview that, that's being promoted secularism. There is no, you just live, you die, you, you know, that's it. The reality is, is we have a hope that goes beyond this life. We have a hope that not only Jesus is coming back, but those that have died are going to be raised from the dead. And those of us that are still alive when Jesus comes back, we're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And as a matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians, I believe it's chapter 4, he talks about that and he says to comfort one another... With these words, so what are we talking about? We're talking about hope. And then um, I was uh, I was on YouTube, and I don't generally look for, but uh, Stephen I think his name is Stephen Furtick mm-hmm. was on, and he was talking about hope. And I, I had to chuckle a little bit because I talked about hope floats, and I said, "Well, I guess that's because." You grab a hold of hope because it doesn't sink. But he says, "Hope doesn't." He says, "Hope doesn't float. Hope sinks," <laughs> which is true. And so, uh, I had these memories of of my time in the Navy, but I want to share with you, first of all, from uh, Hebrews chapter chapter six. The Bible talks about, in Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about, um, oh, I'm at the wrong place. There we go. There it is. Ah, I just lost it. (laughs) I'll get it back. Okay, there we go. Hebrews chapter 6, and I'm going to read this from... um, the new living. It says this, it says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Mm. Then he goes on to say Therefore, we we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. What did we talk about before? We said hope is always in the unseen and in the future. Faith is now. Okay? Faith is now, but hope is always in the unseen and in the future. He says, therefore, again, uh, we can uh, we who have fled for refuge can have great confidence as we lay hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for the soul. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the anchor this morning, the anchor of hope. But he goes on to say, uh, it leads us through the curtain into God's sanctuary. Wow. So hope leads us through the curtain into God's sanctuary. Now we know that God never leaves us nor forsakes us. We know that God lives on the inside of us, but how many of you would like a, a manifestation of God's presence, a manifestation of God uh, hear it, not only hearing our prayers, but speaking back to us in our prayers. So it's hope that is the strong anchor. It's the anchor of the soul. It's not the anchor of your body, it's the anchor of your soul. Yeah. And your soul is so important in this battle that, we, that we're waging. This is how I fight my battle. How do I fight my battle in worship and praise? Why? Because God says He surrounds we are, uh, he's, uh, he inhabits right. the praises of his people. Yes. Some people say, well, that's really odd. Why, why would God do that? It's because he likes to be around people. Uh, I, heard a, I heard a minister say this years ago, I go where I'm appreciated, not tolerated. So the reality is, is God being tolerated in your life or is God being celebrated in your life? Amen. And I'll say this as a church. Is God being tolerated in giving light or is God being celebrated wow, right. in giving light? And then we'll expand that to the, the church as a whole body. Is God being tolerated or is he being celebrated? Yes. Therefore, God inhabits the praises of His people. You know, you might say, oh, you know, I just love to go to Giving Light because they have such good worship. But are you a part of the worship? Yeah. Yeah. Are you a part of that praise that's being lifted up that God wants to inhabit, that God, want to man- God wants to manifest Himself? And so we see again that hope is an anchor for the soul. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to turn to... Um, Acts 27 Acts 27 Thank you Jesus This is uh, This is the account Of where the Apostle Paul is on his way to Rome And he's going to Rome in Chains And uh you know, they're he's taking a cruise along the way, and so they stop in the uh, the weather's been bad, and they stop in a little place called Fair Haven, but it wasn't a good place to 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 spend the winter. But Paul said, "I have a f- I just got this feeling <laughs> deep inside of me." <laughs> he said he said to the captain, and he said to the the centurion, he says, "I don't think we should leave." I think there's going to be great harm if we do, but, uh, you know, the centurion talked to the captain and the owner and they thought it would, we should just go. There was a break, there was a break in the weather and they thought it would be good. And so they left. They were in a storm for two weeks. Oh, wow. They feared for their lives. They didn't eat. You know, I've been in storms and we ate, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I remember well, it's too many stories. But we ate. So these storms must have been pretty bad. And I remember hearing someone say, you know, uh because especially if you're if you're not familiar with the ocean and that sort of thing, you you get in a storm and you know things are just you're just and if things are not tied down, they fly. I mean, I saw five a five-gallon can of detergent, metal can of detergent that I was supposed to tie down, <laughs> just fall, you know, uh, because the boiler room was like two or three stories, and it fell from an upper deck down, wow. smashed on the <laughs> smashed on the floor, and the guy that was in head said, "I thought you were, I thought you tied everything down," because <laughs> I would, I was never experienced, I didn't know anything, you know. I felt it. I felt, well, this is heavy. Nothing's going to move it. But man, once we got into the storm, bam, Man, that thing come, to, come crashing down. Wow. Came crashing down. So anyway, the, the thought is, you know, if you're ever afraid when you're out at sea, look at the captain. And if the captain is smiling, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah. If the captain is not smiling, (laughs) you're in trouble. (laughs) Well, our captain, the captain of our salvation, is smiling. I was thinking of a a scripture this morning. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He'll rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. He is rejoicing over you. And we sang a song about peace, but you know what? We're talking about the inner peace. Mm -hmm. You have the inner peace before you have the outer peace. Jesus was able to calm that storm because he had inner peace. The disciples couldn't calm the storm because the storm was in them. Jesus didn't have the storm in him. He had peace in him. Therefore, he was able to speak to the storm and say, peace, be still. Well, did you find um, Acts 27? Thank you, Jesus. All right, here we go. I told you that uh, they were out at sea. Um, Paul was, and over 100 other prisoners were uh, going to Rome. And of course, there was uh, a, a group of soldiers that were escorting them to Rome. And they had been in this storm for over two weeks. They did not see the sun for two weeks. And Paul had a vision in the night. And he got up the next morning. I love this. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard somebody say, I told you so? <laughs> he didn't exactly use those words. But he said, brethren, you should have listened to me. You should have li- I told you so. And he didn't say that. But I told you so. He said there was, "But take heart, because there was an angel that stood before me last night, and he told me that we, that we would not lose a soul, even though every, even though the ship and all its contents would be destroyed. And as a matter of fact, during that storm, they threw all of their cargo overboard. They threw all their tackle overboard to lighten the ship. So anyway, at night uh, they were they were throwing this rope over to uh, with knots, and they decided that they were coming closer to land, and so they threw the anchors out. And I had a thought: maybe maybe you don't realize this, but they don't use we don't use anchors in the middle of the Atlantic. You know, I just look, just for curiosity's sake, uh, I, I looked to Google last night, uh, how deep the Titanic was. It's over, two, it's around two and a half miles. Wow. Do you think you have an anchor chain two and a half miles long? Yeah. You know, there's some other, uh, other wrecks like the Yorktown. I think that was uh, lost at the Battle of Midway. Uh, I think that was like four, four to six miles deep. So you're not going to use your anchors in the, middle of, in, the middle of, uh, in the middle of the ocean. Why would you use an anchor? You use an anchor when you're close to shore. When you're close to shore. I remember um, being in France. It was the first, no, it wasn't the first, but it was in the French, the French Riviera. It was on Christmas, and uh, we dropped anchor uh, because the port was too small for, a, for our ship to go in and go up to the pier. So we were out in the bay. We dropped anchor, and, uh, you know, this is all new to me. I'm 18 years old. So uh, I go, get on a boat, go go in, uh, do my liberty thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, I noticed when I was leaving, I, I was watching the ship as I was leaving, um, and I noticed it was pointed in a certain direction. Well, you know, a few hours later, after I was done with my Liberty thing, I, uh, I got on that boat again, I was headed back, and that ship, that ship was pointed in the other direction. I mean, we're talking about tons of steel. We're talking about tons of steel. Why? The wind was able to blow. Wow. And if that ship hadn't been anchored, it would have either floated, it drifted out to sea, or it would have crashed on the rocks. I think it was an Italian ship, cruise ship, several years ago. Uh, I think that they were all drunk, or the captain was drunk, or whatever. But uh, they got too close to the shore. And the thing caught and went over and hundreds of people were lost. So why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this because the anchor of the soul is just as important to your soul as it is to a ship. Okay, with with all that background... (laughs) It says, when it was day, uh, they, so they had taken sounding. They, they discovered that they were coming close to land. So what did they do? It's, uh, they, uh where's that at? They took and they threw the anchors out. And they, so they were able to stop the ship from crashing into the rocks because it was night. They didn't, they didn't want to crash into the rocks at night. So it says in verse 39 it says when it was day they did not recognize the land but they obtained but they observed a bay with a beach uh, into which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go the anchors. They let go what? They let go the anchors. And left them in the sea. Meanwhile, loosing the rudders and ropes, they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas meet, they ran the ship aground and the bow, it should be bowed the ship, stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves." Now, that's just a physical representation. And by the way, they, the ship was destroyed. Actually, they were going to, there's actually a sermon in this, but they were going to, the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners. But, uh, but the centurion wouldn't have left them. So he said, just, he said, I want every, all the soldiers that can swim, swim to shore, the rest of you, Get a piece of get a piece of wood and float in, and then the and then the prisoners were able to come in. But I want to tell you what: when you throw your hope away, you're in danger of people trying to kill you. You're in danger. You've got a. You cannot. You cannot lose that hope. You know it's the. Uh, uh, it's one thing. It's one thing to be attacked by the world, but it's another thing to be attacked by the brethren. Have you ever been attacked by the brethren? I have a saying. I don't say it anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to say it now, but I, I was meditating. But you know what? It's one thing to be, it's one thing to be uh, attacked by the world, but to be attacked by brethren. Yeah. That's why the Scripture says in Psalm 133, "...behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to to dwell together in unity." God God has a pleasure when His people get along. He has a pleasure when His people are walking in unity. As a matter of fact, when did God pour out the Holy Spirit? When they were all in one accord. Amen. Not a Honda. <laughs> but they were all in one accord. When, when the whole church, when that whole prayer, no when the whole church, but as the whole prayer meeting, was together in unity and prayer, in one accord, then God sends the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 10. Thank the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to use the... Uh, it doesn't use... I don't think it uses the word anchor, but it uses the word confidence. And really, for uh, I would li- love to read more of the chapter, but uh, we're not going to take the, the time. Well, you, uh, let's just start at 19. We're actually headed for 35, but he says this. He says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Here's something you can have hope in. Here's something you can have boldness in. It's the blood of Jesus. Do you, do you, ever, do you ever feel like, you know, as a Christian, you know, even as a Christian of years, you ever felt like, you know, God's displeased with you? Anybody? Yeah. Thank you. I got one. I got two. I got two. I got two. I got three. I got three. I got four. five, five, five. four five. 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 Can, can I say can I get seven? <laughs> Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Mm -hmm. Hold fast the confession of our hope. What did we talk about earlier? We talked about that there are two things that never change, the oath of God and the promises of God, because it is impossible for God to lie. What promises has he made to you that it is impossible for him to lie about? He says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope Are you a hoping and a praying that God's going to answer that prayer? Or are you confident Do you have a joyful expectation that God is going to answer what what he promised you? You know, uh, if God hasn't promised it, I don't ask him for it. Just a thought. If God's already promised I'm going to give it to you, might as well go for it. But if God has not promised, you know, I had a lady years ago. (laughs) She said, God's going to give me a new husband. I thought, well, that's great. You know, in my mind, I'm processing this, and I'm thinking, he's going to get saved. That's not what she was thinking. She's thinking God's going to kill him (laughs) and give me a new husband. (laughs) I don't think that's in the Bible. (laughs) I wouldn't have prayed that prayer. You know, we get, you know, our theology, when you have poor theology, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think we have, I think a lot of people in the church have a poor theology about God. They have a poor image of the heavenly father. They, you know, if, if, if you are constantly thinking, well, God's displeased with me, you've got a poor image of the Heavenly Father. Because it's by the blood of Jesus that we are able to enter in to, because Jesus has already paid for your sin. Now I'm not saying well let's just sin and do whatever we want. I'm just saying God has already paid for our sin through the blood therefore we can come boldly. As a matter of fact the scripture says come boldly before the throne of grace. But if you are intimidated or if you feel inferior that's what righteousness is all about. Righteousness allows you to stand in the presence of God without any sense of fear or inferiority. Yeah. You're also able to stand in the fear. Uh, you're also able to stand in the presence of the devil without any sense of fear or inferiority. That's really- that's what righteousness, doesn't the Bible say daily to put on the breastplate of righteousness? Why? So you can stand before the presence of God without any sense of fear or inferiority because of Jesus. We have, uh, we have a poor image of self. We have a poor theology about ourselves. Yeah. I am amazed. I'm not going to mention names or Whatever doesn't do any good, but because I see it across the board a lot of times, you you're taught who you are in Christ, what Christ has done for you, how God sees you, and you're, and, and I and I still and I still hear how you know we have to do these things to get God's approval. We're not trying to get God's approval. We already have it. You connect with Jesus. You connect with the blood of Christ. You don't have to, you're not, you're not lowly in God's sight. Hallelujah. We have a poor theology about the devil. Some Christians got a big devil and a little God. The reality is, is we've got a big God yeah. and there is a little devil. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the devil can't be everywhere at once. That's right. he, can't chase, he can't chase everybody. Well, he's got his demons. Well, you've got the name of Jesus. Yes. You've got the power of God, you've got the anointing of the Holy Spirit greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So therefore we've got to get rid of that poor theology of a big devil. We've got to get rid of this this poor theology of of poor little old me. The reality is is God doesn't see you as a poor little old me. He uses you. I hope you like Hope you like this But you're like the 101st Airborne That God drops behind enemy lines You're surrounded by the enemy And he wants you to change culture Mm -hmm. He's using you To change culture Well I can't even change my mind (laughs) Come on (laughs) You drop behind enemy lines Because God greater is he that's in you Than he that's in the world So what are we doing? We're to hold fast our confession of hope without wavering. What's wavering? Wavering is going from one decision to another. I'm hopeful, I'm hopeless. I'm hopeful, I'm hopeless. That's what wavering is. He says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another so much uh, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As you see, exhorting one another, encouraging one another. He didn't say to put down one another said to encourage one another and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. One of the ways we keep our hope up... Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. One of the ways we keep the hope up is by assembling ourselves together so that we can encourage one another. So that we can encourage one another. Again, that's why he says, let us encourage one another with these words. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's go down to verse 35. He says, that, and really, I'd like to just do the whole thing, but says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. I'm going to substitute that word there for hope. Why? Because hope is a confident expectation of good. Okay? Therefore, do not cast away your confidence or your hope, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. What what happened to the ship that Paul was on when they cut loose the anchors? It ran aground, and it was beaten apart by the waves. You know, as you're on your journey, you're out in the middle of the Atlantic. We didn't put out, you know, <laughs> we didn't put out an anchor in the middle of the Atlantic. You know what? But another thing we didn't do, we didn't stop either. We just didn't throw, turn off the boilers and say, oh, we'll just let, let the wind carry us. No, we Still kept our direction. It was like this. <laughs> but we still kept a direction. We didn't kick off and we didn't say, well, we'll just let the, we'll just let the waves carry us. No. We kept our direction, even though we were being tossed to and fro. We still had a destination. We still had a purpose. We still kept with that. That's wow, that's really good. We don't want to be See, the problem is, is when we get into shore, get in close to shore, we drop the anchors and usually you go on Liberty. When you get close to shore, you usually go on Liberty. There's always somebody, but you drop the anchor. But what happens if you don't drop the anchor? Your ship is adrift or you end up on the rocks. A lot of times it's not in the real bad times that we give up. It's when things start to lighten up. Hey, man, I got some liberty here. Let's just let's just go. Mm -hmm. Believe me, that's on your (laughs) you're on your mind. As a sailor, you want to get off that (laughs) chap. But you still have to drop your anchor because the winds are still going to blow it. The wind is still going to move that ship. But it's going to, that anchor is going to keep you out of the rocks. So when times get easy, er, if times get easier, don't let your hope go. Don't let your hope go. Don't let things, don't let that stuff depart from you. Keep your hope. Keep your hope. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Well, keep your hope up. Was the title of the song? Keep your hope up. Title of my message. Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Let me just say this. Jesus said as the scripture says, as he is, so are we. Was Jesus anointed? You know what Christ means? Messiah, Christ means anointed. So Christ was the anointed one and Jesus said as the Father sent me, even so send I you. So he doesn't send you without the anointing. Scripture says in 1 John that you have received the anointing. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. You know what? If you lose your hope, you're not preaching good news. Oh, exactly. That's right. That's right. You say, Well, I don't preach, Pastor. You preach every day, you preach with your face. You preach with your words, you preach with your conversation, you preach with your body language. (laughs) We're not just talking about church Christianity, Sunday morning Christianity. We're talking about a life where we are anointed by the Spirit of God and we minister because we communicate by word, by deed and by spirit say, well, what do you mean by communicating by spirit? Have you ever walked into a room Mm -hmm. and the atmosphere was so thick you could cut it with a knife? That's because there's a spirit there because of the argument that was there before you got there. Or maybe it's there because they don't want you there. (laughs) This is a a lot of different things. But he says to preach good tidings to the poor He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted The way we heal the brokenhearted is through hope We've got to have hope He says to proclaim liberty To the captives, the opening of of the prisons To those that are bound In other words, to me it sounds like Christianity is a very vocal religion Religion is not bad I know we use it in a bad light sometimes, but the reality is, is Christianity is very vocal. If Christianity is not vocal in your life, in your life, and you're not living a very Christian life, but again, we communicate by word, by deed, and by spirit. Turn somebody and say, He loves me. He loves me. I know God loves me, but I don't know about that preacher. (laughs) I love you. Praise the Lord. To opening the prison doors to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, the day of vengeance is yet to come. To console those who mourn in Zion. How are we going to console them with hope? to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that you might be glorified. How are we going to give them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness if we're heavy ourselves? You You can only give what you got. So I'm going to, you say, how does, how come he does that stuff? Sometimes I got to get you out of it. I do this in private. You think I'm just putting a show on? I do it in private. I want to worship. You know, the Bible does say to dance. So I gave up dancing years ago. No, you just change partners. You just change part. You start dancing with Jesus. Yes, Hallelujah. So we've got to feed. Our faith feeds our hope. Okay. Romans chapter 4 verse 23. It says, now it was written for his. It was not written for his sake alone. This is talking about Abraham. Abraham that when he believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And what did we say? Righteousness was, it was that ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of fear or inferiority. So Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And that statement was not written just for him. That statement is written for you. When you believe God, God accounts that to you for righteousness. Yeah, yeah. You're considered by God righteous. You're able to stand in his presence without any fear or inferiority. Because he lets us. He says that, he goes on to say, in verse 24, he says, But for us also to whom it shall be imputed, righteousness being counted to us, If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offense and was raised for our justification. The simplest uh, definition for justification is just as if I had never sinned. So God is saying, I raised up Jesus. You're justified. You can stand in my presence without any sense of fear because it's just like you never sinned. Right. How many of you still remember things you did? <laughs> yes. You still remember them? Forget it. God, doesn't, God, has cho- God has chosen not to remember your past. You know, uh, I read through the Bible sometimes and I think, you know, uh, God talks about people in the New Testament from the Old Testament. Like David. David's a man after my own heart. I'm thinking, God, did you forget? Did you forget he committed adultery? Did you forget that he covered it up? Did you forget that he had her husband killed. Did you forget? He's a man after my own heart. I said, Well, if that's the way it is. <laughs> no. no, no, no. I'm even thinking of Abraham and Sarah. You know, God says stuff about them in the New Testament, and I think, God, did you forget? If God's writing your story, he's chosen to forget. Yeah. So if he's forgotten it, why do you keep bringing it up? Or why do you allow the enemy to bring it up? That's not something that you need to store in your computer bank. That's something that you need to delete and wipe your hard drive. Wow, he knows stuff. No, I just (laughs) hear other people talking. Wipe it, wipe my hard drive. Just get it out. Anytime it comes back to your memory, that's the past, that's not me. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things things are passed away. I'm born again. But I did it after I was born again. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed. Do you remember Christianity is not a new religion? It was started before the foundations of the world. Jesus Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. If he was slain and crucified before the foundation of the world, the blood of Jesus before the foundation of the world cleansed you before you were even born. Just the thought. I still believe in repentance. If I do something, I'm not going to say, well, it was already forgiven. No, I'm going to go before the Lord and I'm going to confess because the scripture says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. God is good. Romans chapter five, verse one, carrying on from the previous chapter. I'll just read the last verse. He says he was delivered for our offense. He was raised again. For our justification Romans 5 1 therefore being justified just as if I'd never sinned by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Grace is not just God uh, what is how they say that? Uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. It's not just God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is also God's divine enablement to empower you. Yeah. Because if you read through the New Testament, Paul said, "I did this by grace." What's he talking about? He's talking about the empowerment that God gives us. So that we are able to do what one of the scriptures that we love. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's grace. The grace is the power that works in you. So when you're thinking of grace, it's not just, well, I'm forgiven of my sin. No, it's the it's the power of God that's living on the inside of you to be able to do what he's called us to do. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus was able to say, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works. So he says, goes on to say in verse 2, he says, by whom also we have this access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This isn't just this this glory isn't just a passing feeling. This glory is a powerful weapon that God's placed within us so that we can see the powers of the enemy brought down. We don't even have to bring up the enemy. All you have to do is just let the power of God and the grace of God flow through you. So well, I got the power, I've got the power of God in me. We used to sing a song in Bible school. I got the life of God in me. I've got the. And by the way, that was that song was made by an ex Playboy bunny, (laughs) because the grace of God hit her, Mm -hmm. and she was going to Bible school. So I got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I have his life, his nature, and his ability. I've got the life of God in me. Why don't you tell your face? No. That's a- <laughs> hey, you've got the life of God in you, but you've got to tell your face. Got to tell our face. Well, he's not done there with hope. So he says, rejoice in hope. What do I have to rejoice about? The hope. Yes. Why? Because the hope is the anchor. The hope keeps you out of trouble. The hope hope keeps you from becoming shipwrecked. Mm-hmm. Hope keeps you off the rocks. He says, not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And pay Let me just say this. This message of hope isn't a problem-free message. Hallelujah. You're in the world. You know the world is waiting on you? The scripture says in Romans chapter 8 that the whole earth is groaning. Waiting for us to enter into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. It's really good. If you, want the, if, you, if you want the world to quit groaning in your corner, start rejoicing in hope. You might not stop the problems, but you can keep, you can keep. I was just thinking, the reason I chuckled, I was thinking of a song. You know, a lot, yeah, a lot of Christians have that Eddie Arnold song. Uh, Grandma, Grandma listens to Jim Reeves. I go down there, I say, Grandma, I can't take anymore. (laughs) I mean, he's got a smooth voice. He sang, he sang both sides of the track. But anyway, he might have even sang this song. Make the world go away and get it off my shoulders. And we're not going to go finish the rest. <laughs> but see, that's the theology that a lot of Christians have. We want to make the world go away. No, God says I drop you in the world because I want you to transform the world. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. He says, and patience, uh, well, he says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. How many of you are praying for patience? <laughs> tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. In other words, the more tests and trials you go through, the more you can develop your hope. The more you can develop your hope, why? Because, hey, God got me through this, and God got me through that. not only did He get me through, I came out better on the other yeah. side. Right. Yeah. God's just not getting you through. He's getting you through as victor as Victor's. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Let me read that again. And patience. Experience and experience hope. That reminds me of another song. I think this was uh, Frank Sinatra. It's called That's Life. That's Life. Was that Frank Sinatra? Yeah, thank you, yeah. That's all I know. (laughs) But he's saying, that's life, yeah. Well, He's talking about, you know, the, the things you go through. That's life. That's life. Is that your theology? <laughs> well, verse 5, and hope maketh not ashamed. Why do we want to get our hope up? Yeah. Because hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that we need to get our hope up is that hope gets the shame out of our life. Yeah. Hope gets the shame out of our lives. Now, I'm going to say that, uh, say a word. I'm not cussing, but get the hell out of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. I thought you would. <laughs> not, not just you. <laughs> get the hell out of your life. Yes. Yeah. Get the enemy's thoughts and lies and discouragement and his... His uh, destruction, he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy, but the first place he has to do it is in your soul so that you will agree with him. So stop agreeing with him, get the hell out of your life, and tell him, don't tell him to go to hell because he ain't going to go. That's his destination in the future, but not now. Just tell him to go in the name of Jesus. Just Go. Get your hope up. Why? Because hope is the anchor of your soul, and that's where the enemy tries to attack you right now. That's why the scripture says to put on the helmet, the hope of salvation. See, just, just, I didn't even think about that, but the hope of salvation. Hope protects your soul. So get your hope up. Get your hope up. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we'll just make another sermon out of hope. <laughs> I had a—I uh, think I had a word of knowledge before the uh, it was during worship, so uh, the healing team can get ready. But you know. We talked about justification this morning. He was delivered up for our offense for the laws we've broken. He was delivered up for our offense, but he was raised for our justification. We stand in his presence just as if we'd never sinned. If you don't feel that, if if you don't think that belongs to you, you need to get prayer for that. Okay, so I'm gonna ask the healing team to come up. If you, you know, if you don't feel like you're justified, come up and let the healing team pray for you. Are you the healing team? I'm part of it. Okay. <laughs> I did look, I did look. The sm- I, I'm not disappointed. But. Well, I said team. Usually, when you say team, you don't get just one. Because one is the loneliest number. <laughs> Three dog night. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, my the word of knowledge that I received uh, is this. Does anybody dealing with cataracts? Then I just heard the uh, just heard the word glaucoma. If you have that, come on up and get prayed for. Do you have? Uh, did you have any words? Yes. A hip that is like tilted, uh, from it's not even, and it's causing the one leg to be shorter than the other, um, and obviously causing pain. Uh, the next thing was a neck that was so stiff you couldn't move it without pain. The third thing was uh, like a quivering shin, and I don't know, it's like it, it would quiver and you couldn't. Stop. It could be mo- an emotional thing. Yeah, well, I did think of that. Yeah. Okay. Did you get anything? Um, I just felt like if you had a sick heart, I don't think it's a physical thing. Okay. I think it's an emotional thing if you're sick at heart. Okay, that's good. I remember, uh, no, I won't tell you story. I guess I better. Joel said, don't tell people you're going to tell a story and then not tell them. <laughs> I was in Brazil with uh, Randy Clark, and he said... Uh, he says, if you give a word of knowledge for emotional healing, he says, we're going to leave you because everybody in the place is 2,000 people are going to come to you for emotional healing. And we're not staying all night. So <laughs> turn out the lights. <laughs> Just a thought. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So Mary Hart does good like a medicine, right? So again, I just want to say that, you know, uh, maybe you're not even sure about your salvation. I, I, saw a la- I, I saw a lady one time come forward, and everybody in the church was shocked because her, her husband was related to a guy in Florida that started this big Bible college, and he was saved, and, you know, she acted saved and the pastor gave the salvation invitation and she comes forward and oh no she raises her hand and she he thought well she just can't really understand what I'm talking about so he, he did it three times she says no I need to be saved I need to be saved this is what everybody in the church was shocked so, you might be here today. You might you might have come to church for years. But you need to receive Jesus. We're not ashamed. We're not ashamed. Don't be ashamed of it either. Hallelujah. We want to rejoice with heaven. Yes. So, I'm going to ask Raymond. Cheryl come up too also if, yeah. Not that you need to be saved. <laughs> I don't know. I? So, uh, you know, if... If you need prayer for healing, got the healing team. If you need prayer for if you need to get saved or if you're not or if you don't have the assurance of salvation. If If you don't feel justified, if you can't stand in the presence of God without any sense of fear or inferiority, just come and get prayer. Get that thing broken off in Jesus name. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you today in the name of Jesus for the power of the living Christ. We thank you, Lord God, that he is alive. We thank you that for the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And Lord Father God, we are so thankful that you so loved us. Yes. You gave your only begotten son that when we believe will not perish, but have everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Come forward if you If you just like prayer, if we didn't mention anything that you need prayer for, come on up and we will pray for you.